On this podcast, we discuss medical diagnoses and procedures. All of the guests express their own opinions. You should always seek medical advice from a trained and credentialed professional when making decisions about your own health. Welcome to the Sleep Apnea Stories podcast. I'm Emma Cooksey and I've been coping with sleep apnea since childhood. I didn't know anyone in my life with a sleep disorder, so I decided to start this podcast. I'm here to build community and provide a platform for people with sleep apnea to tell their stories. Together, we can shatter stereotypes and raise awareness. We'll be exploring all sorts of treatment options and lifestyle choices to help you live your best life with sleep apnea. This is Sleep Apnea Stories, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey everyone, it's Emma Cooksey here, and I'm your host. So I finally got finished with my online course, Mastering Your CPAP, and I'm really pleased with it. So the link to sign up is in the show notes. And also available on my website, which is sleepapneastories.com. So the course is for anyone who's new to CPAP therapy or anyone who's been struggling with their CPAP. So if you're taking your mask off at night and throwing it across the room because you're so frustrated, or you are not sure if your mask is really fitting your face correctly, um all sorts of things are in there in the course and it's a lot of things that I didn't know when I started out with my CPAP and it took me probably a good six months of frustration to figure all the stuff out. So everything in the course is information that's freely available like online or in books or in medical journals but I think the beauty of the course is you don't have to spend all that time searching all over the internet for answers to all these problems. You can just have it all neatly compiled into a couple of hours of videos with me telling you all the stuff I learned. So I hope it's going to be really helpful. And I hope that um, when all said and done, uh, this course really helps people to, to use their CPAP consistently. So for anybody who doesn't follow me on Instagram, um, I'll catch you up on this week. It's been very exciting. I got my first palette expander. And so it's a Vivos DNA um, upper palette expander. Um, And for anybody who hasn't heard my journey so far, the brief recap is I've been trying to get to the bottom of exactly what's causing my sleep apnea. And People have all different reasons they have sleep apnea, so there's no one-size-fits-all treatment. So the PAL expansion that I'm doing might not necessarily work for loads of other people if you don't have the same kind of things going on that I do. So my background was I sucked my thumb a lot as a child. I was a mouth breather from a very early age. I developed a high, narrow, vaulted palate. So my the roof of my mouth is very narrow and high. Um, 
<clears throat> and that has an impact on your airway because if you imagine the roof of your mouth is the floor of your nose. So having such a high narrow palate has impacted my airway, I think. So one of the things that a lot of people are looking into since reading James Nestor's book Breath is whether expanding your palate, your maxilla, um, could help with improving your airway and therefore getting rid of your sleep apnea. I would say there's definitely not enough um, data in terms of medical journal articles to support this, but the anecdotal um, stories of people who have been through this and have come out the other side not needing their CPAP anymore because they've managed to expand their airway um, enough that they don't have troublesome sleep apnea anymore is pretty compelling. So I decided to take the plunge and there was a lot of factors in, in my deciding uh, where to go and, and which device to use. So one of the so I had actually researched driving two hours to Orlando to try and find somebody who offered palate expansion with one of these. Um, but then by a happy coincidence, or some would say fate, um, my myofunctional therapist, who I've been working with um, for about six months, let me know that a dentist she was working with had started offering um, vivo appliances, the DNA and the mRNA. She was going to be taking new patients soon for that. So it turned out that I already knew that dentist because my husband had to have implant um, dentistry done and, and it was her who did that for him. So I knew that she had a good reputation and was a knowledgeable dentist. So when I went to talk to her about it, I felt really good about it. And so this past uh, week, I went to get my first appliance and I'm going to be wearing it. I think I'm aiming for between 14 and 16 hours a day. So pretty much overnight. Um, and over time, over probably almost two years, <laughs> it's going to take, it will gradually expand my palate, which... I'm very much hoping has a positive impact on my airway. So if you want to see pictures of my new palette expander, <laughs> um, you can go to my Instagram account. It's um, sleep apnea stories is the handle. So the main takeaway though is that as I embark on my palette expansion journey, I'm definitely going to be using my CPAP every night. Um, until such time as I have a sleep study which tells me that I don't need to use my CPAP. That's my goal is to expand my airway enough that I don't need to use my CPAP because my sleep apnea is so low that it doesn't need to be treated. But until I actually get to a point where a sleep study can show me that, then I'll be using my CPAP every night as usual. So on to today's guest. So today I'm joined by Vishanti Ganesh. I also want to really thank Vishanti for her vulnerability and her willingness to discuss incontinence as uh, um, one of the symptoms of sleep apnea. I hear from people either anonymously or 
you know, in confidence that they really struggle with incontinence as a symptom of sleep apnea. And that's an area that I think we really need more research into. We need to talk about it more and because that can really be a devastating thing to live with. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Vashanti Ganesh. So Vashanti, thank you so much for joining me. Um, do you want to just start with where you are in the world? Okay. Hi, Emma. Thanks for having me. I am in the, I'm in Ontario, Canada. Okay. So, um, so start just, I just want you to, to kind of tell me your story with sleep apnea um, and I think PCOS as well, right? So yes. maybe just start yes, from exactly. whenever you think in retrospect, those symptoms started and, and tell, take it away. <laughs> Okay. All right. So I have always um, struggled with snoring since I was a kid. And I remember um, I had a sleepover when I was in high school and I heard the girls talking the next day and said, oh my gosh, she snores. And I was so embarrassed. I was really, really embarrassed. Never had another sleepover after that. But, you know, I just thought... I just thought that, you know, the snoring, it runs in my family. My dad snores. And even though it's embarrassing, it was really nothing to worry about. Right. But as I got older, the snoring continued and it gave, it got to a point where I got married and um, my husband um, complained about my snoring. And then uh, one day he recorded me. So he recorded me stopping breathing and the jerkiness, like my, my leg would jerk and I would mm-hmm. jerk awake, you know, all of those things that are associated with sleep apnea. Yeah. And I talked to my doctor about it and he sent me for a sleep study and they said that I had sleep apnea, but my doctor didn't recommend that I go on the CPAP machine. He thought it was, he said that it wasn't really necessary. He didn't think that it was necessary at that point in my life. Okay. I was in like my early thirties. So I think my low point came when um, one day I was making I was making a road trip. I was coming back to Canada from Buffalo, New York, and I was having trouble with bladder control. And I completely I was in the car by myself, mm-hmm. and I had to go to the washroom. But you know I figured I'd hold it, but I was so embarrassed because I lost complete control of my bladder. Mm-hmm. Completely, I couldn't even stop it from happening it was yeah. really embarrassing so anyway I went back to so my that was while you were driving while I was driving mm-hmm. I had to pull over I couldn't find a rest stop I couldn't find a restaurant anything um to go use a washroom and it was just while I was driving I lost complete mm-hmm. control of my bladder so I went back to my doctor and I mentioned it to him again you know the snoring is getting worse and now I'm having these problems with my bladder I have to wake up multiple times during the night to go to the washroom and mm-hmm during the day, I cannot, I have no control. I I have to go. As soon as I feel the urge, I have to go. It has to go Mm -hmm. right away. So he told me that that is actually related to the sleep apnea. Yeah. That (laughs) because you're not sleeping, your body is constantly awake. And so these processes are happening. And that's why I'm not able to control my bladder. And I was in my thirties and, you know, those, I've never had children. So it's not something that Right. You, know you haven't had six children and, and like are dealing with 
you know, incontinence issues because of that. So, so can you just go back? So you had a sleep study and they didn't recommend a CPAP. Did they say that you had sleep apnea, but just that the AHI was lower or what did they say? Um, I don't remember the exact numbers or the terminology that they used at the time, but it was considered milder. So mm-hmm. my personal GP, my, we call them family doctors here, my yeah. family doctor, he, uh, he didn't think that it was necessary based on my age. I was, um, hmm. let's say 32, 33. Mm-hmm. He didn't think it was necessary. He thought that it was like a money grab kind of, you know, they want to just put all sleep doctors want to put everybody on a sleep apnea machine you should be fine hmm. on a, so he didn't interesting okay yeah <laughs> so obviously things got worse over the yeah. years um so with pcos i i also have pcos which um we talked about before and so PCOS, for people listening um who don't know what that is can you just tell us what pcos is oh sure yes so it is uh, the abbreviation for polycystic ovary syndrome it's um it's a hormonal condition where my ovaries don't release eggs on a regular basis and it causes a whole host of health problems yes, including <laughs> <laughs> including um, difficulty getting pregnant um irregular missed and irregular periods hormone imbalances weight gain sleep apnea is linked to pcos as yes. well <laughs> and we'll talk some more about that but but yes. yeah you're doing a really good job keep going <laughs> diabetes uh, high blood pressure all of those awful awful things thinning hair i could just go on and on about yeah and for those- a lot of people um hair like facial hair and sometimes like male pattern baldness it's to do with like androgens in your system and having too many male hormones right and I know intimately all about it because I also struggled with PCOS as well um so when did you know so so you're I'm really interested to know if you're the same as me so when did you know that um you were struggling with PCOS was that an entirely separate thing from the sleep apnea yes yes it was entirely same. separate okay. Yes. So how old were you when you knew that PCOS was part of the picture? I was in my late 20s when I knew PCOS was the cause of all my problems, especially (laughs) the missed periods, irregular periods. Those are awful. And how long had you been struggling with that before you were diagnosed in your late 20s? Since puberty. And I hit puberty at age 10. So very long time. Yeah, same. (laughs) So I think that PCOS and sleep apnea both have this terrible like for most people it takes so long to get a diagnosis that people struggle for years and years and years and especially if you have PCOS and sleep apnea like those are just draining like really challenging conditions and together it's a brutal combination yes so so you at the end of your 20s, you did get diagnosed with PCOS. And so then were you able to manage those symptoms? No, it took me a long time to be able to manage the PCOS. It's symptoms very because, challenging. Yeah, because doctors will, will uh, recommend the birth control pill to right. get it under control, unless you're trying to get pregnant. And um, I did go for 
so I migrated to Canada in um, 2009 and I went and I got um, looked into getting to seeing a fertility doctor mm-hmm. so for that it was a month of um, testing every day had to go get a blood test had to get an ultrasound yeah that's not for the faint-hearted <laughs> <laughs> no so they you know they checked my ovulation and they um, checked my blood work and everything and um, they recommended two things. First thing is lose 10 pounds, lose 10 pounds of weight. And um, if that doesn't, if that doesn't work, then we can look at going on a pill called Clomid, mm-hmm. which I believe um, forces the ovaries to release eggs. Yeah. Right. And if that doesn't work, then um, IVF. Mm-hmm. So in Canada, the, the testing was covered, but the IVF wasn't covered at that time. So my husband and I decided, you know, we'll wait. We just moved to Canada. We started a whole new life. Uh, we'll wait. And um, the years just went by and we never really uh, pursued it. Mm-hmm. But it took me a few years to actually be able to control the PCOS symptoms. So all of the, I managed to regain control of my health, um, lost the weight, kept it off periods are regular like clockwork um and you look wonderful oh thank you yeah um you know I'm stronger than I am than I've ever been before I'm 43 now so so am I we're twins (laughs) so much in common (laughs) so so I'm just trying to piece together so you were at the your late 20s and you at that time didn't know that there was a connection between PCOS and sleep apnea, right? So you were been diagnosed and then you were kind of just still struggling with the symptoms and then take us back to, so you said, I kind of interrupted you, right? So, so you said you went for your first sleep study and your family doctor said that you're too young and don't worry about it and things like that. And then you went back again after the incontinence and and that was really a concern. So pick it, pick up the story then. <laughs> Went back for the second sleep study and um, it came back, the results came back as severe obstructive sleep apnea. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would, my, would wake up hundreds of times in the night. And I would, to me, that was shocking. Like yeah. I could not imagine waking up that many times in one night. Yeah. So um, I decided to go for this go for the CPAP machine, um, try out the CPAP machine, at least see how it would work. Mm-hmm. So they allowed me to take it home for a two week trial. And at the time I was staying with my mom temporarily. So I was staying with my mom. And the first night I slept with the CPAP machine, I slept through the night like a log. <laughs> I did not wake up once to go to the bathroom. I did not wake up uh, first thing in the morning having to rush to the bathroom is, um, you know, my bladder was full. Mm-hmm. And my mom said she had to uh, check on me um, because she didn't hear any snoring and she thought I wasn't at home. So she had to come in and check on me. <laughs> that's great. So you find that it really worked for you right from the beginning. So that's really yeah, good though. So then, so how long ago was that that you started using your CPAP? I started using my CPAP in 2015. Okay. So it's going on six years now, and um, I don't go a night without without it. Um, 
yeah. I know I know from your previous podcast that some of your guests have they just have no no luck with it and then mm-hmm. a couple of Facebook group Facebook groups that I'm on it doesn't work for everyone yeah. so um, which which I mean is fine because there are some other things out there to try but I just I just think that sometimes this uh, like I saw I follow like all different like CPAP manufacturers on Instagram and I saw this one like kind of cartoon thing which I know that they're just you know for marketing simplifying everything right and I do totally think everybody should get tested for if they think they have sleep apnea and definitely get it treated right but but their little cartoon was like you're such a zombie and you're so tired and you just need to take this little test and then get a CPAP and then everything's better (laughs) like it's kind of like all done with that whereas I think it's a much more um layered and you know difficult condition than that I think that that's a bit oversimplifying but okay so then I guess what we really want to know is it seems like you're doing really well at managing your PCOS and your sleep apnea now so tell us about you mentioned that you lost some weight so tell us about that part of it like how you got to the point so the CPAP helped you to feel better but at that time were you still struggling with PCOS symptoms I was still struggling with PCOS symptoms. I was still overweight. Um, periods were still irregular. Um, hair was thinning, like and my hair got progressively thinner and thinner every year. So hair was thinning, um, but I didn't have the, the tiredness and the brain fog and the low energy. Yes. Those things are interrelated, both yes. with PCOS and sleep apnea. Yes. Right, so. And brain fog um, sounds like a really funny term, but brain fog is, really serious and you know like really affects your day-to-day quality of life yes yes not being able to focus at work or Mm -hmm. with your family or your kids anything like that it it really does affect your quality of life Mm -hmm. so um I just tell you a funny story so after I uh, got that right soon after I got diagnosed and I started using my CPAP machine I decided travel the world and I wanted to as you do <laughs> yes <laughs> but I couldn't afford it so I wanted to find a job that would pay me to travel oh so I found a job on a cruise ship and oh. I decided to hop on a cruise ship uh, went away for six months and I took my CPAP machine with me oh great so what did you do on the cruise ship I worked in the gift shop so, you know, when you're on a cruise ship, you do this little gift shop that sells all the jewelry and the yeah. perfumes and all the souvenirs and things like that. I worked in that gift shop. Cool. So and you got um, to see a whole bunch of places. A whole bunch of places, but I, I met a whole bunch of different people, but I had to have roommates. So I, I, I had different people from all over the world, different roommates at times. So how did that I had go to with the to them? that's the thing I had to explain to them I sleep with this machine and some people were really scared and 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 worried at first like how is this is it loud is it going to affect my sleep Mm -hmm. what's going to happen but after the first night they don't hear a thing and especially compared to if you were before you were using your CPAP and you were snoring lively (laughs) then you know night and day so much better so yeah I think that's a really common concern though just if people are not 
um, you know, if you're around people who haven't really heard of a CPAP or what it does and, you know, I, yeah, I kind of get it. So after a yeah. while, that wasn't an issue though. That was not an issue. It was never, an, it was never was an issue. Um, some people said that the sound of the air was soothing because it's kind of like white noise, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, uh, some people said it was soothing. So I took my machine with me and, um, had a really good experience, but, at the time on a cruise ship, it was more like a party lifestyle. So um, lots and of rich food, food choices. <laughs> yes, lots of rich food. So imagine if you, if you have you gone on cruises before? So I've been, I'm just going to be totally honest with you. I'm not really a cruise person, but I have yeah. been, I think I've been twice. And one of them was with when my daughter was 10 months old okay. and cruise ships are not really designed for 10 months, <laughs> 10 month old babies. It's a lot of food, a lot of yeah. rich food, always food is always accessible. And being part of the crew, I had access to the food as well as really cheap alcohol. Oh yeah. So, so there was a lot of um, late nights, a lot of... Um, even I'm just pulling this face because I know that it's not going to end well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's exactly what, what happened. It did not end well. So it was a great, fun time. Got to see lots of different countries, meet so many interesting people. Um, got to achieve my dream of traveling the world. But stopped exercising, slept late, drank a lot ate a lot of food, ate food late at night. And um, I put on weight, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I put on weight, but because I put on the weight, it caused me really terrible joint pain in both my knees. So to the point I finished my six month contract, I could hardly walk. Oh, um, there I was like, you know, 35 years old, could hardly walk, um, could going downstairs was a problem. Sitting up, sitting, uh, getting up from a sitting position was a problem. And um, I was really glad to finish that six months. And, but then I had all this extra weight and I, now I needed to lose it. Mm-hmm. So I tried a lot with um, gym, dieting and different things and nothing really worked. But I found, I stumbled across a PCOS coach. <laughs> so with the PCOS coach, I learned so much. I lost the weight and the knee pain went away. I became stronger, um, got total control of my PCOS symptoms and um, learned the importance of getting enough sleep. Like, okay, mm-hmm. the CPAP will work for me once I get to sleep, but making sure that I get to sleep at a reasonable time so I can have good quality sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's huge. That's what, <laughs> that's what helped me to lose the weight and then kept it off. This episode of Sleep Apnea Stories is sponsored by Mute. Regardless of whether you have sleep apnea, use a CPAP machine, or just deal with allergies and congestion, you deserve a good night's sleep. Mute is here to help make that happen. A nasal dilator made from ultra-soft medical-grade polymers, Mute gently holds your nasal airways open which increases airflow by an average of 
And that 38% improvement means more breathing, less snoring and better sleep for you and your partner or kids or dog. The quality sleep your body wants and needs is well within reach. Breathe more, snore less, sleep better with Mute's comfortable and customizable fit. Okay, so here's the thing with with the weight conversation. So Mm -hmm. there's no doubt for for a lot of people losing weight for, well, definitely for PCOS and also for sleep apnea, losing some weight can help, right? Can help your symptoms. But I think one of the things that me and so many people with sleep apnea struggle with and PCOS like those are conditions that make it really difficult and challenging to lose weight right and I don't know if you've had this experience but I have been to multiple like sleep specialists and endocrinologists and the level of shaming and implication that this is kind of your fault because if you weren't overweight you wouldn't be struggling with this is a huge element that people are dealing with and yes. I think that, um, yeah, like like I had really bad um, sleep apnea symptoms when I was really, really slender and like completely the, you know, normal weight, BMI, whatever they say. And, and like, I have a really narrow airway. So it's like, there's no amount of losing weight that really, like, I totally agree that it has changed, like, you know, being the right weight, definitely, I feel better my um sleep apnea is pretty much it you know definitely my symptoms improve but I also think it's sold to people as though there's a lot of emphasis on lose weight lose weight and when you're very tired and like either have you know untreated sleep apnea or you know you're treating it but you're still dealing with daytime sleepiness it can be really challenging so I guess I just want to like acknowledge that you know for people listening and because yeah it's and so what I was really interested in because there's so many people who were talking all about weight loss weight loss but when I saw like some of the stuff that you'd written in your email it was more about like not really dieting like in a short-term way and not spending ages at the gym so sleep is a big element what what other things are you advising people like about what to eat and when to eat and those kind of things so I became certified as a health coach yeah since I went through my health and weight loss journey I became certified as a health coach because I um became passionate about helping women, um, not just PCOS sufferers, but women in general um, to live a healthier lifestyle without dieting. Because mm-hmm. as a PCOS sufferer, I have so I have dieted. I have done all the dieting. I've done endless hours at the gym. Same. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And nothing worked. But what did work is instead, um, you know, honoring my body, um, listening eating healthy balanced meals. That's the, that's the foundation of what I do is always Mm -hmm. eating healthy balanced meals, making sure I get enough uh, protein, 
half my plate is always vegetables. I know you mentioned that yeah. recently in one of your uh, yeah. It's all about the vegetables. <laughs> all about the vegetables. Um, the key missing ingredient uh, is healthy fats as well. Yes. Because healthy fats, you know, your brain is made up of fat, and that's uh, huge for yeah. for mood as well, right? Like exactly. a lot of people are deficient in all of these healthy, good fats that we need. Yes, exactly. So having, um, and then also not reducing or cutting out carbs, not vilifying carbs. Um, because... Oh, I love this. <laughs> Shanti, you have like a fan. So so it's not a sort of cut out every single carb you've ever met situation. No, no not at all. Because carbs are essential for functioning of the brain as well. And, and yeah. it's essential for functioning of the body. Now, mind you, in my journey, my entire journey, earlier on, I discovered that I had a gluten intolerance. So I cut out bread and pasta and white flour. And that yeah. was a personal choice of mine. Um, because, um, you know, when I think about it back, goes back to my childhood, I used to suffer a lot with gas and bloating. It was terrible, like sharp stabbing pains in my chest, um, mm -hmm. couldn't breathe properly. So, um, I found that gluten was the cause and I cut out gluten, but you know, it's not something that I recommend to people. Like you don't have to, if you don't want to. Dude, like the problem is, <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, like, so the same. And I think a lot of people with PCOS uh, struggle with the bread thing. Mm -hmm. um, I, and wheat and dairy are not my friends. Like when no. I stop wheat and dairy, like I'll do like three months at a time with no wheat and dairy. I feel a million times better. Mm -hmm. um, but I have these children that are eating pizza in front of me all the time. So I know, like you know, I just basically have to kind of just constantly be gentle with myself and every day be like, okay, well, today I'm back to no gluten and no dairy like yeah but it's an ongoing daily challenge absolutely it is an ongoing daily challenge and um I'm glad you mentioned dairy because dairy I'm also dairy free but you know these are my personal choices it's right not what I would recommend dairy causes a lot of uh I find for me caused congestion yeah so, same. so the stuffy nose and even though I'm sleeping with the CPAP with the CPAP machine um still have the stuffy nose if I have dairy and I know yeah. it you know so and I know I like I know that I talk so much about it to the point where people are just like we know <laughs> breathe through your nose stop breathing through your mouth but like really breathing through your nose is so much better for you than breathing through your mouth so now that I use mouth tape at night to make sure I breathe through my nose if I eat like the worst is like if I eat pizza like the, the it's almost like my nose kind of it's just inflamed you know like kind of mm -hmm. swells up so that's when I'm like oh gosh this is so hard but Back to what I was saying about my approach is that um, it's more about eating healthy, balanced meals um, rather than cutting out no fat, no no um, yeah. no carbs. You know, rather than re putting yourself in that uh, restrictive uh, kind of mindset. Mm -hmm. So that's that's definitely what I'm all about. Um, I do not go to the gym. I have not gone to the gym in five years. Me neither. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I do work out at home. So I do work out at home. And, um, but for me, when it comes to working out, I feel like it is important to incorporate rest and recovery. Mm, I right? love so, that. I hope Scott's listening from the rest and recovery <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yes, absolutely. As well as incorporating self-care. And mm-hmm. by self-care, I don't mean, you know, taking bubble baths every night or right. getting manis and petties, but really, you know, being attuned to your body and realizing that um, you need to get, you need to get eight hours of good quality sleep. And in order to do that, you have to say, uh, no, I'm not going to watch television past a certain time of night so that my brain can shut yes. down yes. and, you know, get into the right state so that I can have a good night's sleep in order mm-hmm. to recover. Do you find that the the exercise thing kind of takes care of itself if you're not focusing on how you look and and how much you weigh you're focusing on like exercise you actually enjoy and you want to do because it makes you feel good that day kind of thing because that's how I've gotten to actually incorporate into my life all the time. Yes, totally. I feel, I know for a fact that exercise helps me um, feel good. It helps me to focus. Like it gives me laser focus. And um, especially when I'm working. And so my personal conclusion is that exercising, not for weight loss or for looks or anything like that, it makes me feel amazing. Like I feel I have tons of energy. I am laser focused and better at problem solving. Mm -hmm. I'm, uh, it makes me smarter. (laughs) It makes me smarter. It gives me tons of energy. Plus at the end of the day, Mm-hmm. But I do mm-hmm. think the more worn out you are, the, the more physically tired you are, the more restorative the sleep you get. I mean, that's Absolutely. that's my experience, definitely. So, yeah. you know, one thing I did want to ask you about is most people I've talked to have mental health things going on right. that run along with sleep apnea and definitely PCOS. So has mm-hmm. that been an issue for you? Definitely anxiety and depression. Um, I used to suffer a lot with anxiety and depression. And, um, but since I was able to both get the sleep, start on the CPAP machine and get the PCOS symptoms under control, I recognize that now, but it is an ongoing process. Mm -hmm. It is ongoing. Um, It's definitely something that, you know, I haven't uh, overcome completely, but I've come Mm -hmm. so far. Yeah. Well, I think you've come really far. That's I have. really amazing. Yes. Again, back to the anxiety and depression. It, it was, it's something that has to do a lot with PCOS. Um, PCOS. Yeah. That's one of the many, many, many symptoms of yeah. PCOS. But um, I've uh, since I've started my wellness journey, I've been able to launch an online, um, an online pushing program. Sorry for women. So tell and, people, um, I'll link to everything in the show notes, but tell people where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. I am on Instagram at Vashanti G. I have a private Facebook group for women who are interested in making changes to their nutrition and healthy and lifestyle habits. I've also um, put together a free a freebie for your listeners. Oh, there's a freebie? There's a freebie. We love freebies. <laughs> yes, it's, um, it's a guide, six ways to biohack your sleep. Okay. So, um, you know, we talked earlier on about getting quality sleep and there's a couple of things in there that even though I, I'm using the CPAP machine, sometimes I 
push my my nighttime routine i push it and you know i i figure i will get six hours of sleep i will get six hours of good quality sleep but i know i'm not doing myself any favors mm -hmm. so there are ways there are things that can be done to biohack your sleep naturally and i love that you're using your experience to help other people which is really nice like i think sometimes you need some it's just interesting that we're both 43 because yeah. I feel like sometimes you need some distance to kind of process what's happened to you. It's just that the, the parallels between our stories are like really striking. Do you have any silver linings or positive things that have come out of your experience with sleep apnea and PCOS since we're talking about that? Um, I have lots of positive things that came out of it because... <laughs> I feel like my quality of life has improved um, with being on CPAP um, because it, not just the aesthetic part of it, like the snoring, it's really embarrassing to be snoring, but right. also, um, you know, uh, I'm predisposed for diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Those things are all because of the sleep apnea, because of the CPAP, as well as uh controlling the PCOS, those things are all under control now. Mm -hmm. And um, I've in, I convinced my dad to get a sleep study because he's snored all his life. I've always known him to be snoring all his life. So he's now on CPAP. And yeah. I also uh, convinced him to eat healthier as well. So, you know, he's seen dramatic improvement in lifelong conditions that he's had diabetes high blood pressure high cholesterol he was even headed towards kidney failure because of all of these conditions mm -hmm. and all the medications That's but he seemed great i know he, he got diagnosed in his 60s and he's mm -hmm. seen dramatic improvement in his life and his quality of life so i know that um my quality of life has proved being on cpap and and having a sleep apnea diagnosis and I'm okay. I, if I go to visit someone, if I go for a sleepover, my machine is going with me. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't care how, what anyone thinks or if anyone has anything to say, because um, right. I know I'm getting good quality sleep. I know I Plus, am looking after my health. I also think, I don't know if you agree with me, Vashanti, but like, that's a 43 thing, right? <laughs> oh, I think yes. that sometimes I talk to people who are 21 and I'm like, you'll stop caring as much. <laughs> like, yes. I think that uh, the quality of your sleep becomes so much more important to you, you know, like, because you just want to yes. feel good. Yes, so, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. Thank you. It was wonderful talking to so you. Fun. And Thanks so much for listening. I love hearing from you. If you'd like to be featured in an upcoming episode, please email me at sleepapneastories@gmail.com. at gmail.com. That's also the place to get in touch if you just want to say hi or ask a question. Alternatively, you can always reach me on Instagram. My handle there is at sleepapneastories. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen. This really helps a wider audience to find the episodes and I really appreciate it.